Hello and welcome to the Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod. Right, well, welcome back. We've uh, been off for a couple of weeks, haven't we? Been off. Um, I think there's a lot happened probably in those two weeks. How are you, mate? You all right? Yes, not too bad. Uh, we're playing a waiting game at the moment, waiting for uh, Helen to give birth. She's due on Monday, so um, a few more days, and uh, hopefully, a baby will be here just in time for Christmas. That'd be very nice. I'm looking forward to a lack of sleep. So I don't think we since obviously the last game of the autumn. No. No, and I've it's been. Yeah, it's been a lot happened now. Like. A few weeks. Yeah, I got steaming after the Wales game against Australia. Is that were you out or? I end up, yeah, end up, I had like a couple of lads, and then I end up like going out there, going into Liverpool, end up in Liverpool, back over here. I sang sang Delilah in in a really rough pub. I was home early as well. I had proper steaming, proper steaming. Puking, everything, mate. Everything. I had everything. Puking as well. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Matthew Street. And I, honestly, I don't know what happened. Nectar Nectar Jaeger almost spat out. <laughs> so yeah. Chundrin. Chundrin. Um, <laughs> sad, isn't it? <laughs> Proper sad, but yeah. Just can't handle it anymore, mate. Well, you're getting too old, mate, now. I've done. done. Like I say, I've not drank since, like properly, since Scotland, Australia, when I was actually in Edinburgh for the game with me, with me dad. Drank oh. then. We got off it then. I can't remember. Oh yeah, down that was decent. Wife was steaming. Proper steaming. Um, she, I yeah. bet she was she rough the next day. Yeah, yeah, really. Did you have to drive or did you get train? Wait, which is a blessing. But, like, do you remember when we got the train back? Fucking horrible. That's same. Yeah, I think get, getting the train up is, like, is like is a good idea. You get beers on the train. Yeah. At the end of the weekend, coming back, like, although, yeah, you shouldn't, obviously, you don't want to drink, like, drive when you're being hungover. But sitting on a train is brutal. Absolutely brutal. Well, the thing is, it's exactly what happened to um, to us because we went around Christmas time to Blackpool. What was it? Two years ago now? Two years ago yeah. Yeah, before all this happened, and it was the same, mate. As we were getting starting to get on for like Christmas markets and shopping, uh, we just we, uh, we just look like scumbags. Yeah, yeah, probably sound like food. scumbags as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's been been us. You've been nice and quiet, and I've been nice and. I've been lucky. Mrs. still letting me play football on a Saturday, even though the baby's coming soon. That's all going to end, isn't it? I have to give me manager the phone, and if she rings and says I'm going into labour, then I he, he'll, put, he'll pull pull me off the pitch, and then I have to run or drive back home. But I don't know if she'll let me. I think she'd let me play this Saturday because her mum's down there visiting. So if she did go into labour, at least her mum's there. But they'd still just ring me, so it'd be all right. Get get one last in, innit? Get one game, one last game. I think so. we'll see. Right, so uh, I think one of the bits of news we've both got, so I might as well, I'll read that one out. So, um, the top 20 best players were named, and um, Hamish watching coming in at 18th. Well done, Adam's sneaking in at 20th. So there, not because I don't think he's a good player, but um, I don't know. You just think about all the players in the world, don't you? I don't think he's better. I don't think he's Wales' best player. So you don't think? No. Nah. I think. I think I, if I was going backs, I think Liam Williams is probably Wales' best back, and I hate him. So for me to say that as well, because I mean, he's, he's a bit of a dick, but I think he's... I think so. I think it's best. I don't know. I think it's best players in twenty twenty one though, and he's he's hardly uh, played Lee Williams. Yeah. So I think that's it. Josh Adams has scored tries whenever he's played. 
Um, yeah, oh, it's all subjective anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's of course, a, yeah. About the team of the year, Rugby World's team of the year was voted for and uh, Wynne Jones was named at Loosehead and Stuart Hogg named at fullback. So, Rightly so. Rightly so. <laughs> do you think? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, uh... I love Hoggy. I think he's class, but has he been the best? Is his world uh, best? Has he been the best 15 in the world this year? No. Oh, not. No. When Joe, I think like he played well in the Six Nations. The time he had for the Lions, but yeah, same again, isn't it? I suppose. Right. To, to be fair, it'd probably be that Cyril Bay for me, yeah. the guy in France. Like, so we'll yeah. take it though, innit? We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take 100%, it. 100%. Well done as we'll well. We'll take it. it. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. And the thing is, though, it's not like I don't think they've been terrible. Wynn Jones has been really good this year. Mm. Um, like, he had no pre season, should never have been picked, probably. Um, you know, Hogs Hog, isn't he? You know, he's still a world-class yeah. player, so. Yeah, so, of, of news, which obviously it's a little bit of uh, sad news, really, to be fair. you got um, Ivan Phillips from the Ospreys. Uh, unfortunately, um, was in a road traffic accident. Sounds like it was two motorbikes. Um, and he suffered life-changing injuries, which... Um, you know, Wales Online isn't exactly perfect, but I'm sure they're not there. It sounds like it's it's basically career-ending. I suppose when you're saying life-changing injuries and you're a sportsman, uh, it's career-ending injuries, which is really sad. He's only 25. Very, very, very talented player, in my opinion. Um, you know, some people were surprised. He never sort of got a look in with Wales. Um, I know he doesn't always start for the Ospreys, but yeah, t- um, yeah, career seems like career's done. Uh, so there was a, a GoFundMe page that was um, started the same day, and over thirty-five grand's been raised to help his family and him. So it's fantastic to see that. I think there's quite a few uh, players significantly donate. Very, very sad because you know twenty-five and. You know, I was about to say, you know, he didn't lose his career on the pitch, but that'd be you know, that's just as sad, isn't it, as well? So, yeah, yeah it's so unfortunate, so unfortunate, especially when they're so talented, especially when he's 25 as well. But the main thing is, they've said he's stable, and stable, so that's the main thing. Um, he's got the rest of life ahead of him at the, at the moment, so yeah, very sad. Um, right, so we'll move on. Talking about very sad stuff. We've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about teams in South Africa, COVID, Omni, whatever it's called. Oh, I just wrote down crazy situation, but I probably should have just wrote down nightmare, shouldn't I? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely mental. Um, obviously, I don't know if you're like me, Twitter Twitter's can be an amazing place, but it can also be just a cesspool of fucking arseholes as well, can't it? So, hundred percent. Every, everyone's got an listen. Everyone's got an opinion, just like arseholes, aren't they? Everyone's got one. So, yeah. <sighs> so, so my opinion on it, you know, I think yeah, we if if we got South African teams in the league, we should be going to play them in South Africa. Obviously, these games were actually originally Italy. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's changed. Um, you know, all the teams, the Zebra, Cardiff, Scarlet, and Munster all arrived. And within, I think, 24 hours, 48 hours to get out of the country uh, because of this. And then that, that was probably deemed, you know, almost impossible. But, it, you know, it sounds like the teams were trying to help each other out by trying to, you know, together. Uh, and then, for some reason, you know, I think Munster and Cardiff both got cases in the in the camps as well, um, which is bad because I know there's, I think there's still Munster and 
Cardiff players and staff still in South Africa at the moment, which is not ideal. Um, oh, it's just a bit of a cluster. I don't know. There's people saying, you know, the URC, um, people trying to blame people like South Africa. It's obviously not their fault. Um, but the only thing I would say is maybe as the situations have been in recent times, maybe it would have been like, beneficial to still play the games in Italy. Um, but hindsight... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just... And, yeah. And the big thing is, is that it's, I think, I mean, big picture is, listen, everyone, we just hope everyone's fit and healthy. And, you know, that's the main thing. That the player and the players and the staff is the main thing. It's just the effect, the knock-on effects though, which is which is bad because obviously if being so close, uh, you know, the Scarlet's Bristol game has already been called off uh, because the Scarlet's would have had to basically play lone play and academy players against, you know, probably Bristol's first team. You know, ridiculous. And then you've got the Cardiff game, who who are going to play, because I think they've got six goals that they left behind, which is decent, and they're about to bring in academy and semi-pro players to fill out the team to play Toulouse. Your man. Yeah, I just think it's a whole frustrating situation. There's people there, you know, talking about governments and you see a lot of people, you know, why should they get looked after from the government and stuff like that, right? But if you read into it, they're not actually asking for special dispensation and special treatment. I just think they wanted some clarification. I think they hotels in Cardiff that were willing to take the players in so they didn't have to travel to, I mean, the Scarlet to in Belfast, uh, or you know England, I think Cardiff, Cardiff in, England. yeah, England, they're right? somewhere in England somewhere, aren't they? Um, so yeah, I don't think you know. I can see where it's perceived both ways. But, Obviously, Matthew Morgan, what he tweeted out, uh, took a lot of flack for it. One thing he probably shouldn't have done it. You know, he's not. You know, he shouldn't have done it. Having a dig at the at the, the competition and the government and stuff. And then people went in on him, but what people don't know, and I suppose you can you can re- relate to this right now, is he's got a young child at home, he's got a pregnant missus, and he's not sure whether he's getting when he's getting back. You know, people are saying, "Oh, he's in a four-star hotel." You know, I'm sure things aren't that bad, but you don't know what people's what people are like, do you? And like you say, no, exactly. you know, you've got a pregnant missus right now. You were stuck in South Africa for something. You know, it's just. I think. Off, he, right? Yeah, yeah. He's 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 come back and he, he's apologised for what he said and stuff like that. The people going in on him. You don't know people's circumstances. Um, so, so I, I'm one of them. I think like the Welsh government sh- should have been trying to help them. Um, if you have people like stuck in a country, in depending on what the situation. I mean, if you have if you're in another country and you've lost your passport. You go to the uh, embassy of that country. So you go to the British embassy in South Africa, be and they will help you get home. If there's an, if there's a worldwide like pandemic going on, which there is, and you're stuck in that country, then you you'd expect like some government kind of support. I'm sure they got some, but obviously they wanted a bit more. And I think it was more that it certainly appeared from the outside, like from what you read in the press and things like that, that the Welsh kind of government did seem to kind of. Washed it, or was, was it the Welsh government they were more bothered about, or was it the Welsh or the WRU? But they just seemed to be, uh, they just didn't yeah. seem to be doing, they certainly weren't making any noises publicly to try and um, highlight they were, that, that they were trying to help out. Whereas, whereas you still, the Irish government were, were, were really trying to get involved in helping um, Munster. Uh, Munster was it, uh, Ulster, Ulster Munster. Munster. Munster Italian government uh, helped out uh, Zebra, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can see why people got like, certainly like people got worked up with it and things like that. I mean, I suppose my mm. thing is like, they they landed and twenty four hours later is when they got told they need to leave the country. Oh. It's like that's the bit. Yeah, like, that's a very you know within twenty four hours, you know. And, and I, got, guess, I guess it changes, I, but you'd think that's the kind of thing they'd be like, right? Someone would have told them, don't fly out yeah, there now. Yeah. We're going to change so, this in twenty four hours. Yeah. Maybe like the liaison between. Like whether it being the URC, whether it being um, you know, and the governing bodies and things like that, and 
speaking to the South African government and things like that before it might maybe that wasn't done very well. Um but yeah, it's made a made a mess of it. I mean, Welsh government haven't come off looking very good. Um obviously there's been a lot of things said, but you know, at the end of the day, it's only rugby, it's only a sport, you know. The main thing is that people are like healthy and uh, and unable to get home to yeah. see their families and, and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. when I was seeing it all happening and unfolding, I was like, this is mental. What is going on? When it was like, people might have to stay in South Africa for two weeks and just be stuck in hotels and people are going nuts. And like, the, you know, obviously people having like meltdowns and, you know, and things like that. It was like, wow, this is absolutely nuts. Well, this, 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 this case is a monster from the people who've flown back now. Yeah, the players who've flown back. I mean, people saying like, "Oh, you know, it's, they're in nice hotels and stuff like that." Like, I know Scarlett and I know Cardiff because I follow them. Do you know what they get a day for exercise? So you're talking about athletes, you know, highly, you know, top level athletes, aren't they? Yeah. I'm not saying they should get special treatment, but these are top end athletes, right? Do you know what they get a day? Thirty minutes walk around the car park. And then you've got to be in a room for the rest of the time. So 30 minutes and 24 hours, yeah, that's what they get. Yeah. Like, to be fair, I, I had COVID in January and I was stuck in a spare room. I couldn't stand it, mate. I'm not even anywhere near an athlete. You know, and you know, just I think the people who are saying, you know, the players, you know, should just be appreciative and stuff like that. Like, it's just like you don't know people's situations, you know. So yeah. it was crazy. It was, it's crazy, and I, you know, I don't think I, I. I generally don't think teams will play in South Africa this season, now. Yeah, it's certainly uh, looking that way. Which is unfortunate. They need the money. Um, I don't know where it goes from now. Um, will we play South African teams at all? Um, that is up for debate now. Um, so yeah. The problem is, is with with the situation competition where we're travelling to a different continent. You know, we're travelling to Italy, Ireland, Scotland. Things they're closer to home. But when you're travelling that far, with the situation's changing that much, where does the competition go? And I suppose you know, there's people there who get paid the money for that. So that's sort of a wait and see. And like you say, just just disappointing how much like, it's affecting Europe. And I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the Scarlets or Cardiff would, could win this weekend. Sorry, would win. But could they win with their first teams out? Every possibility. Every possibility. So it's just, yeah, disappointing. And then obviously we'll, we'll have a nice little segue into obviously the games this weekend, the URC. Only two games to talk about because obviously Glasgow played the Dragons. But on the Friday night, um, I know we're missing a week, by the way, but there's... Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll bypass that because the Ospreys got an absolute maul and so the Dragons. So, um, but the Ospreys talking about the Ospreys got an absolute hammering by Connor away there. Um, it was like fifty five fourteen or something like that. Like horrendous, horrendous display straight back after the international break. But what a bounce back! What a bounce back! And I think this is what I think this is what's making the URC a little bit more interesting this year. I do feel it's a bit more competitive. Um, you know, Ospreys get battered by Connor away, Ulster beat Leinster away, and then the Ospreys beat Ulster 1913. Yeah. <laughs> Great win for the Ospreys. Um, they don't play the most attractive rugby in the world, uh, but I think after the last few seasons where they have been a bit poor, I think it's just winning that matters for them at the moment. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see the game. I've seen the highlights and I've obviously read all the reports. And it kind of came down to better defence. Obviously, if you can see the 55, better defence. Forwards really solid. Thomas Francis came back into there. Nicky Smith, both row, uh, really solid in the scrum. And then obviously got a player like Stephen Myler who's, you know, kicks at goal. Told you, told you it was a good signing. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Morgan Morris, who was who was man of the match, who isn't the biggest number eight, but I think he's one of them players that he's been he's been kind of uh, who did he get compared to? Sean O'Brien. So I mean, Sean O'Brien, 
absolute top class player. He's a big lad, but more Harris. Um, as players go, number eight is a position where Wales need. So um, good to see that he's playing well. But yeah, great win, great win for the Ospreys on the, on Friday night. Like, uh, yeah, they were, I, I didn't I didn't see it because the the Edinburgh game was on as well. So I, I watched the Edinburgh game. So I didn't I didn't see it. But um, from what oh, you got three games. Yeah. No, because no, yeah, from what you told me, you you literally messaged me saying like how good they were. Uh, like I say, I've not got round to watching it yet, but from what I've read on the game, yeah, like say, um, just a very very good display from them. I think yeah, it, I, the best way to describe it, I know it's it's kind of easy, but professional, yeah, it's just a fucking job done sort of game, like yeah. I thought two games. I'm sorry, I forgot about Edinburgh playing Treviso. So yeah. So decent. Um, so Jim Jim Hamilton was like he he waxes lyrical about Edinburgh at the moment, and I can and I, and I can see why. I mean, they're still so they've got like what um, Cockrell like kind of left Edinburgh was a team that have got the nuts and bolts, particularly in the forwards and keeping the ball and, and like really 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 good from the forwards to give their backs a base. But he never really got their backs going. You know, he played at ten more often than not. Jack of Vault and Chamberlain. And obviously, he put the brakes on Chamberlain with, with the way he played and things like that. Uh, Blair's come in and he's trying to keep that forward pack as it is and do what they're doing and give them a good platform. Um, but he's just like, get like he's trying to get like the backs on the ball. Obviously, we lost um, Duhan, but he's brought in uh, Velikot at nine, who's like an absolute live wire. He's been excellent since he signed. I do think he should have got um, picked in the autumn internationals, but if he keeps playing as he's playing, he'll he'll have to be picked for the Six Nations, I think. Um, King Hall at, at ten, I was very very skeptical about, about him being a ten, and but he's by no means like the finished article. He's still got a lot of improvement to do, but he's doing a good job. He's doing very very well there. Um, can't complain at all with how he's playing there, um, and it's just another option, I suppose. You know, you know, he's, I mean after. I think it was about just before half time, Hoyland went off injured. So um Charlie Savala came on at ten and King went out to the wing, so he has got that versatility. But um Lang was good, uh, you got Darcy Graham, uh Buffelli as well, very, very good. And they're just getting the ball into the backs now and they're they're playing heads up rugby. And you know, this uh, they seem to be doing it at the right time, you know, when the when the when the the time's right to put it up the jumper and put it in the forwards. They're doing it, you know. If there's time there to box kit, they box kit. But when there's time to like throw the ball around, they're, they're willing to do it. You know, Velikot's there with his, his quick taps, and it's just really, really good to see. Uh, Benetton were all right. Obviously, they'd beaten Glasgow the week before, so and they'd beaten uh, Edinburgh earlier in the season with like a last-minute penalty as well. So I think Edinburgh were a bit smarter from that. But no, it was, it was a decent game. Edinburgh really, really good. Um, and just just seemed to be playing at the right time in the right areas rather than trying to do anything too silly. Do, do, do you know what I say? I, I, I watched the Edinburgh versus Dragons game the week before and they were really good in that game. So yeah. I mean, the fact that Dragons were in the a miracle, really. They botched quite a few a few bits and pieces there. Oh, and this is this is complete jealousy, man. I ain't going to lie about it. It just goes to show when you have the backing of a rugby union, what can be done? So... Edinburgh and Glasgow have gone out and signed some re- like Buffelli's class. Yeah. It's been classed for ages. What a signing. Is it Moyano as well? Yeah. Boat? Class. Um, they, had, they had to do that because they lost Duhan. I mean, he was a big loss. The thing is, but it, like both teams have been invested in, you know, if you look at someone like Dempsey, Mackay, yeah. um, Cancillier, I don't know. Let's go. Yeah, he um, played, he played last week. Yeah, you know, and it's it's two teams. I think it's easy. I mean, I was surprised to hear the rumor is the budget for both both teams is actually twelve million. Fuck. Which, which and that's for everything, by the way. It's not playing budget. That's staff and everything else. Mm. But that, that but that shows that is pure support from the rugby union to improve teams. You know, like you said, we always said about Danny Wilson. Obviously, we'll get on to Glasgow. Is you know, he was under, but then in fairness, they backed him, didn't they? They backed him, obviously a little bit of money, and he's gone out and signed some you know, very good players. And it's the same with, it's the same with um, with Edinburgh. Although matters matters looks like he's going to be out for a while, doesn't he? Looks like he's got and Hoyland. Yeah, who's been Hoyland's been class. 
Yeah, he's decent. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, Hoyland Classic for the Dragons. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and obviously, I didn't see the Glasgow Dragons game, but I watched just some absolute powder puff defence. I'm not saying there was some really good play from the drag uh, from Glasgow, but geez, I, I texted you, didn't I? Um, yeah. I told you, didn't I, that for for Dragons to compete, they have to have their best team out. And I suppose this is what I'm talking about. You know, like as signings go, they got Will. Sayuli, who's been a good signing, and they got Doge as well. But just, I don't know. I don't know about the Dragons. They've won one game all season, but Glasgow really impressive, they say. And Glasgow have got a really, a really good team at the moment, haven't they? Really good team. And, a, you know, sort of Dempsey. Dempsey was, 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 was unbelievable against... Um against um the dragons he was he was fantastic um i do like wainwright but dempsey really really dark shot i didn't even know wainwright was playing until the second half he's very quiet to be fair yeah if you're getting smashed in the forwards you're back yeah absolutely um ali price was fantastic as well to be fair he was very very good and thompson just controlled the game um yeah they, they, similar to, similar to um uh edinburgh in the fact that Although they were they were getting the backs going a little bit more than what Edinburgh were, so they're not. But they still they just seem to be doing it all the right time at the right moments, you know, like playing the game. You know, I suppose if the game's going for you, you do tend to make good decisions, and and, and they did they were doing that. But like Tupelotu as well, I mean, he made yards every time he every time he went forward, every time he got the ball, a couple of decent offloads. Uh, Canciliera looked very like a really really good signing. Uh, Miotti got his first appearance. He came in. Uh, last uh, in the last ten That's minutes, an in as well, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so it was just really, really good. It was similar to Simdebra that forwards bossed it, uh, and 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 the backs got given the freedom to play. Um, yeah, like nothing. I'm not going to slag the the dragons off, but you know they they did struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like look for positives. I think a couple of tries were off. They were off decent, um, but they they just they just didn't show up. I thought. They were better when they played Edinburgh the week before, I think it was, they played them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They got that guy at fullback, I think he's really decent. I can't remember his name. Jordan Williams. Jordan Williams. He looks like a good player, but um, but he, I think he went off injured as well anyway. Yeah, he's done for um, a while. But he looked, very, he looked very good against Edinburgh the week before. But yeah, it was just a really good professional performance. Uh, I mean, Glasgow at home against Dragons, I'd expect them to win anyway. But they just looked like they had like, I think some of the things that's been missing with um, Danny Wilson uh, with with his Glasgow team is they haven't they've looked like sometimes they've got no direction in attack at times, but like they looked like you know there was a system that they were playing to and it, and it was working, uh, so it was good to see. And like you said, that both teams have been invested in, but they also have youth coming through as well, uh, like Thompson playing at ten, Cole Forbes. Obviously, you've got a Rufus McLean when he's there and stuff like that. So, you have got the youngsters coming through as well. So, it's a good blend of like new signings coming in that are really good and exciting, but also the young players coming through, blended in with that experience that's already there. So, yeah, nice to see. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jack Dempsey is one I'm saying. It's, it's great, but then it, it's also a huge issue. We spoke about this during the Autumn Nations. You signed Jack Dempsey is because... You need a number eight who can carry. It's the same way. The same way that uh, the Scarlet side Calamaphoni. It's the same reason why Cardiff had Nick Williams and Xavier Rush. We don't actually produce big ball carrying players, do we? I don't know what it yeah. is. You know, if you compare it to other other nations, and it just it's one of them things. So when you do invest in one of these, like, like you say, Calamaphoni is like 32, 33 for the Scarlets, but he's absolutely class, and it's exactly what they need. Go forward. It's the same with what Dempsey's doing now. Bill Matter, um, yeah. at Edinburgh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just one. Of, it's one of the places where you should invest. If you haven't got a big ball carrying, get one. <laughs> Go and get one. Get invest well, in one. And then, so is, am I, am I, can I play for Scotland? Well, does he not have to do three years though? Yeah, but he hasn't played for. Uh, but doesn't he have? To, has he got Scottish family? Has he? Yeah. Yeah. That's a rumor. We'll see. Fingers crossed. We haven't talked about that, but that's just we're not going to have you there all night. Yeah. 
Yeah, no good win for Glasgow. Um, another, I don't know, like I said, I don't know where Dragons go. Um, I try and stick up for them. The thing is, the Dragons actually got like some really, really talented players. Really good, some really good players. Um, but I think I don't know. I don't know. They need they need private investment. Um. Because they're completely funded by the the WRU, but I think WRU are a bit funny about how much they probably want to invest in them, especially yeah. right now. Um, it's not all about investment, but it does go, like you say, it does go to show, and it is jealousy of investing your, your teams. And and yes, they've got to fund teams, but it shows with the Ospreys. The Ospreys managed to get change their ownership. Very very good players this season. And you can tell the difference. I did say they'd be the best region. And at the moment, I'm right. Um, I don't know. Uh, Dragons fans won't thank me for it. But, you know, would you be tempted to kind of get rid of them and spread out the best players to the other three regions, strengthening the other three regions? I don't know. I'd probably get lynched down South Wales for saying that now. But (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, they've won one game all season. You know, they've had a lot of home games. You know, the, the one wet, the one win was away in Connaught, which is you know nightmare place to go. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, be tough for the shy man. Well, see, and obviously we have been away for a couple of weeks, so we didn't actually get to talk about the Autumn Internationals, but we are now. Um, because I think eventually, not really, wasn't there? Um, no, I, can't remember, I can't remember much about them. <laughs> I, I can't wait. There's there's a lot of a lot of shit that happened for us. Like, but um, I'm actually going to try and be quite positive about it if I can. If I can, because it can't be all do, doom and gloom. But do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? No, you crack on, mate. Oh, thanks, Bob, for that. Uh, yeah, no. So, in fairness, I'm going to try and try and be a bit positive. I think when I've spoke about the games, I mean, what did I say about the Fiji game? I was like, just like shame on it. Just I was so down on it. I was down on a few things. Um, I suppose when was when the Fiji game battle, your last game was, wasn't it? No, Australia was. Australia was. Yeah, which. Um, I think this autumn series, Pivac's first Amazon Cup shite. We've seen, you know, we, we wanted to try players and stuff, seen his development, and obviously you've seen the difference in the Six Nations. It can be argued how well we but we still won the Six Nations. And obviously I think this autumn series is about getting ahead of that. You had the Argentinian Argentinian series in the in the summer where we played two games and tried a few more players. In sort of a development series again for us, though, um, it wasn't meant to be. It definitely wasn't planned like that. Um, we had the toughest. We had the toughest fixtures out of all the home nations. It's not me. When I was playing the big three, um, and it did slightly end up being a development series. Um, if you do look at the team, I said it was eighteen injuries, uh, but it wasn't. It was 16 injuries. So 16 injuries to the squad, eight lines missing. Um, that's tough for any country, let alone Wales. Um, you took, If you took all your British lines out of that Scotland team and went up against some of the best teams in the world, same for England. If you take eight, if you take eight British lines out of England, Ireland, Scotland, it's, that's, that's tough. Um, but at the end of the day, injuries are part of the game as well. So you can't really, it's not necessarily making excuses, but I don't think it helps. But if you actually sit back and look at it, we won two out of the four games, which I think are predicted eventually, one out of the four. And we were close to winning three out of four. We could have beat South Africa, maybe should have beat South Africa um, on another day. Now, what I will say is the way we won them games, that's the concern. Winning games is all good, but how you play in them games is also a concern. Um, there was another two red cards. 
against Fiji and uh, Australia, wasn't there? Um, and obviously, a lot of people saying we can't we can't win against teams with fifteen men. My response to that is say, Mike, boo hoo, boo hoo. Um, <laughs> if any of these red cards were a bit com- controversial, I'd be I'd be all about. But if the red cards are red cards. For some reason, we're just going through a run of games where a lot of people are getting red card against us. Um, but after saying all that, um, I don't think it's those things paper over all the sort of cracks that are in the team at the moment. Um, my concern is I don't know where Wales are going. Um, biggest issue being style of play. You know, you, you go back to that Six Nations game. Like you say, the best game we played this year was against France and we lost. And we played some great stuff. High tempo, you know, we were physical. Um, and where's that gone? I don't know. Um, you know, the New Zealand game, listen, New Zealand, we were never going to win that New Zealand game. Were we underprepared? Maybe, but every other team had the same situation. So don't use that as an excuse. Um and yeah, it's just the style of play. I don't know where we're looking at. I mean, you can talk about playing against Fiji. We played against 13 men against Fiji and just... just no control of the game. Australia, the same thing. Australia played, I think it was 60 minutes or 65 minutes with 14 men. You know, Gareth Thomas could have been, instead of Simmons, could have been sent off. And, you know, it took us to to win a penalty which was really good play by Wales but win a penalty to beat Australia with 14 men for 65 minutes yeah there's, there's a lot is it the players is it the coaching like, to me they don't look like you know Scotland score um, that Hogs try second try against South Africa really good move you can tell they practice that you just don't see that in Wales um, you know originally when he picked the squad there was a lot of play you know there's players who were basically unfit, shouldn't have been in the team, like Falatau basically hadn't played. No, no point in picking him. Uh, there were players like Wynne Jones. Uh, you know, he's not... But even he'll probably say to play the uh, play the All Blacks or anyone else is... You know, 40. It's just it's not, not good enough. Um, you know, concerns in the forwards... As I was saying, you know, ball carriers, enough beef in the pack. Yeah, yeah. I just think, I think we've left the autumn with more questions than answers. And these are the things, now Pivac's coming into that. He's had two Six Nations, he's had two autumns now. Um, yes, we won a, a Six Nations, but has that papered over the cracks? Yes, it has. I've, I've, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, we are a team in transition whether anyone wants to say it we're an old team um, and I think we're going to have a couple of rough years I generally believe that I don't think we're going to do much uh, in the World Cup unless we start developing in the next two years or the players who are coming in develop to a certain standard um, but we managed to get a good few youngsters in the team as well you've got that uh, Christ Junzer, Ben Carter who came on after Adam Beer got knocked out Um Played a hell of a game against Australia. Um, yeah, massive mixed bag. I'm trying to I'm trying to put some positive spins on it, but the more I speak, actually, it was fucking shocking. But at the end of the day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, we did we did beat Australia, we beat Fiji. Um, take what you will from that. And we could we could have beat South Africa. This is the mental thing. We could have won three out of four. That New Zealand game was never going to be won. We could have won three out of four. And that's mental if you think about how Wales played. Wasn't wasn't great. You know, I know we can say we were missing players and things like that, like, but I think Pivak's main things is if he wants to game and heads up rugby and stuff, I think you've got to look at ten. I do like bigger. I don't. I know I've been saying, oh, he plays a bit more attacking and stuff like that. But that is not his game. You know, when when Pivak was at his best at the Scarlets when they won the old Pro Twelve or whatever, it was Patchell at, at, at ten. Now I'm not saying play Patchell, but Patchell is an attacking fly half. Um, you know, have we got an issue at nine now? We've said we've got all these good scrum halves, but then 
I don't think the forwards necessarily give us all load of quick balls. So I think you've got to look at nine or ten. You've got to pick some centres and stick to them, get some partnerships going. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we've got a back three of Liam Williams, Lou Samet and Josh Adams. Any team in the world, I don't care who they are, they can do damage. To it. But, you know, if your centres are taking hospital passes from your nine and ten, um, yeah, so I think Wales have got a lot of development to do. I mean, the, the good thing, we, we wrote down, I said to you, I texted you saying, doing the best player, best newcomer, most improved. So I'll go through them. Best player, um, yeah. what I find, 21 years old, you know, all this thing, all those reporters who were having a go at Watson and everything. I believe it. This whole thing that you've got to be massive to play international rugby is a load of shit, mate. It's a load of shit. If you're a good player, you're a good player. Well, um, so Basham is actually my best player and best newcomer, which is obvious. Um, most improved, I've gone for Ryan Alliance. Yeah, against New Zealand, I give him a lot of shit, but I think throughout that series, he completely improved. You know, we're talking about players who need to carry and tackle and do everything. I thought he was superb eventually. A special mention, I, another player I give shit to, Seb Davis against Australia, was very, very yeah, good in the yeah. second row. Um, and it, these are the players. This is what I want to see, though. Seb Davis, I want to. We need to develop second rows. Put him in the second row. Let's see these. And I thought he was all right. I know it was against fourteen men, but I thought he fronted up so well. Considering he had Ben Carter, who's twenty years old, as his second row, he's then got to run everything. Um, and I thought he was really good, you know. So, but he's not most improved. It was only one game. I've actually wrote down worst player, and I've wrote down bigger and Thomas Williams. As basically halfbacks, I thought we didn't have any control. Uh, Johnny Williams took a lot of grief in uh, against New Zealand when he started, and Fiji as well. Yeah, Fiji because they were like, oh, you know, the way he runs, the lines he runs, and stuff. But then, if you're getting hospital passes, you're getting hospital passes no matter what who you are at centre and stuff. So. <sighs> I won't say worst player, but half-backs is an issue, which I've already spoke about. And I've, 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 I've added an extra category for Wales just because I've put down best story, and that's Alice Jenkins coming back. Yeah. Um, being unbelievable as well. You know, if it wasn't for Tane Basham, I think Alice Jenkins would be would have been Wales' best player and should be captain in the Six Nations. So, so that is a round-up, mate. Yeah, that's so just my, my one on Wales, the only thing I would say is I think Although you could say that uh, Pivac maybe set his stall out by picking bigger, I think in some respects, I think his hands were tied. Um, Ants come, just come back from injury. Priestland is 34, so probably didn't want to like hang his hat on him. And Sheedy's been in miserable form for Bristol. He had, I don't know if he's been playing like the last few weeks, but he was in miserable form for Bristol um, before the Autumn Internationals. So he had in some respects, you could argue he had to go with bigger for them games. Um, that, but that's only thing I'd say. I, I agree with you. Is my thing for now is we we're not seeing a style of play and a pattern from now. My point is from now on is you know, I mean I don't know where you go. You're right in what you're saying. Where where do you go? Where do you go? Do you go Shidi or Anskin? If you want to play a bit more rugby, those are the or Priestland. Those are the players to go to you're right about Priestland you know 34 he's still very good still good player yeah <laughs> um, so yeah no I, I agree with what you're saying there I know yeah, I, know, I, I agree with what you're saying I just think you know I think the, the way that Pivak wants to play which you know someone apparently said when he was appointed um, apparently said I don't know an ex-international just said he's a great coach but he can't you, he can't play the way the, the way that Scarlet's play international rugby, so I don't know. I don't know, but um, and, and let's be honest, I wasn't so concerned about Alan Jones. Not when he only got injured, sounds horrible. I was made up, I'd, I'd like to, to get 150 caps, but I, I wasn't just weak at the moment. And we need to develop there. Having Alan Jones there doesn't develop, yeah. Um, so that wasn't so bad, but you know, other players, you know, as as well as Alice Jenkins and Tane Basham, where it's great that we found that play, but you know, you miss a you miss a back row of Navidi, Tipperick, and and Falatau. 
It's huge, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. But but that's why I say I think it was more of a development autumn because we didn't have them players. Ken Owens, you know, we're missing a lot of leaders. Uh, which Big has apparently come out and said we missed a lot of leadership. So but that's what we're trying to build now, you know. I just think what watching that, mate, I could I might have to be mightily pissed during the Six Nations. <laughs> which we have tickets for. Got our tickets for Scotland game, don't we? Yeah. Ooh. Happy with that. Happy with that. Yeah, anyway. um, yeah. So I suppose um looking back at Scotland, I suppose I could say results wise, fairly happy, three out of four would have Probably, well, definitely would have took that before. And performance-wise, um, probably a little bit disappointed. Um, I thought the game against Tonga was what it was. I thought they played well, given an opportunity to give some new caps to people. Um, you know, and, and and they got what they wanted out of it. I thought against Australia, I thought what. Although I didn't think at time, I thought at times we did we played well, we certainly defended well, but it was such a scrappy game. I, I felt Scotland had more to offer. But it was still a very, like, obviously, really, really good win. And it shows Scotland can get results when they don't nest when they're not necessarily at their best. Uh, and obviously, going into that South Africa game, I was like, this will be the game that they, you know, hopefully they can they can turn it on. Obviously, they didn't. You know, they were in the game for the first half, and then second half just got absolutely dominated up front. And then going into that Japan game, it was like, well, let's try and kick on a little bit more. And, you know, we scored four tries and every now and again we looked very, very decent in that game. But then there was times we just looked like we hadn't played with each other before considering they've done this, like, six-week camp. And, you know, as the games go on, you're supposed to get a little bit better each time. It just felt like the Japan game was just... It was just a bit scrappy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't really... It just didn't... It didn't feel like we'd we'd got better from that South Africa game. Um you know, although we beat Japan, it was a really close game. But you know, we were we we're ahead for most of it. But you kind of expected Scotland at times to to kick on and and put them behind us. But we just didn't seem to be able to do it. And it was just a little bit, a little bit unprofessional. It was good. It's good that we can still win games not playing poor. And maybe, maybe it, maybe it's a bit of arrogance because I think Scotland should be winning by more and playing better. Uh, I don't, which is you know not really something Scotland Scotland fans can always say. Um, but I think we've got such a good team now. You know, I expect us to beat Japan by 20, 30 points. And the fact that it was we only beat them by, I think it was like nine points in the end, was was a little bit disappointing. Um, I didn't think we really kicked on from where we'd been in the Six Nations. Um, but at the same time, you know, three out of four wins, when we, I don't think we've played our best rugby, is still something really, really good. And it is something to build on going to the Six Nations. You know, new guys got caps. Uh, you and Ashman, Jamie Hodgson, people like got caps, and there's some real depth there. And it is easily, easily the best squad like of my generation. Like since I've been watching rugby properly, like there's some absolute talent there. But I just think they need. I think there's there's just one or two like elements missing that I think they need to get sorted before they can really, really call themselves contenders. Like for the Six Nations, I think they've got the players that can can contend, but I'm just not sure we can put together uh, five games back-to-back where we are pretty much at our best, which would need to be. The only game you can really get away with not being at your best, you could probably would argue, is Italy. But I think, you know, other than that, we'd have to put four games at our best. I just don't know if we are a team at the moment that can put them games back-to-back. Yeah, so I actually think Scotland winning poorly is actually... Could be quite beneficial for them. Yeah, I think that's where you've. I think that I think Scotland performances they've played really well, and then they've won games. You know, you, you beat Australia quite a few times, and and South Africa where you played really well and you've won. But like them games where it's tight, I think, I'm not trying to be horrible. Is where Scotland have been well known for like, Rumbling. yeah, yeah. And and in fairness, and. You'll agree. I mean that that Japan game. We were talking, weren't we, about how they did control of the game, didn't they? Yeah. And it surprised me more so because I mean we were talking about you know they might make changes to give players a chance. Pretty much. And, yeah. um, like for me, I mean congratulations, to Stuart Hogg. He's come Scotland's all-time try scoring now, isn't it? Is it twenty-five now? Yeah. Twenty-six. 20, 20, yeah. Was it twenty-six? One of them. Anyway, yeah. you might not agree, but I think this is an absolute bonus for Scotland. 
I actually don't think Hogg and Finn Russell play that well throughout the whole series. But I think that's a huge bonus because I know stuff, but the South Africa game, it was actually quite three high balls, two of them quite easy. But I think that's that developed now. Instead of the games where it's like Hogg's got to do something, Finn's got to do something, you've actually got a load of talented players around. You know, Ali Price has matured into you know a very, very good scrum off. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And he's he's Ali Price is a leader in that team now. And I think that shows Scotland are developing really well. Is that Finn doesn't have a worldie. Hoggy does all the time. You've got different weapons now. Um and I think that's a positive. I mean, yeah, listen, I mean the South Africa game, that second half was it is what it is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They're just, they're that good. And it, and it just, I mean, the, the thing that it shows for me is just the whole thing that everyone was going on about the lines that you could just go and throw the ball against them and it'll change the game. It's just, if you haven't got the ball and you're getting dominated, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dan Carter could have been playing, and I'm not having to go with Finn Russell, but Dan Carter could have been playing for Scotland that day and it would have made no difference. Um, but I just think, yeah, I don't know, Scotland are really good at the moment. It kills me because we've, We've done really well against you for uh, for a good few years, like, but uh, definitely, definitely surpassed. I, I see the thing with Scotland, which is different to Wales, is I see where you're going. Um, yes, it's a little bit rough around the edges, but there is clear direction, isn't there? Yeah, and I and I think, but even when you think there's still, yeah, there's still something there, and I think the beneficiary that you're winning games tough now. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think winning three out of the four was was great. I do think the game was a little bit disappointing, but a win's a win. Judging the Japan game and what Ireland done to them, though, aren't really part of it. It's Ireland take them to take them to the cleaners, but I just mm. like you say, I I don't think Hogan Finn would. I'm not saying they were bad; they were great. But that's that's a good thing for Scotland that they're not having yeah. to. I mean, years gone by, how many times in those games where Hogg was trying? Yeah, no, agreed, agreed, man. And and, it's, and it's, it's, sometimes it was just like they're going they're going to give it to Hoggy. So I think it's yeah, exciting time for Scotland. I mean, I'd the like Six Nations. No, you go, you go. I'm just going to say for the Six Nations. To me, it's I suppose. They start, they beat England last time, but I think if they beat England at home this time, then you've got Wales the week after, which your favourites to win. It's two wins under, under your belt. It's momentum. Six Nations is about momentum. All yeah. about momentum. Yeah, so so I did the, the the players, my players of the autumn and things like that. So um I think he got man the match twice, Hamish Watson, but I don't I'm not gonna give him player to, player of the autumn because I thought uh, I think it's too easy to give it to Hamish Watson, but I thought Chris Harris was class as as he has been for Scotland for the last couple of years now. Um, I thought he's brilliant. Um, and uh, 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 yeah, I'd have gone for Jamie. Say again. I'd have gone for Jamie Ritchie. Um, yeah, Jamie Ritchie was good, but Hamish Watson was better than Jamie Ritchie. I think so. Um, I couldn't give it him over them, but I just think Chris Harris. He's a defensive leader. Some of his hits that he put in, particularly against Japan, were brilliant. He's just matured into such a such a good player. Uh, best newcomer, I put two in there. Uh, Ewan Ashman, uh, hooker, like hell of a baptism of fire coming on in that game against Australia and scoring the winning try. Um, obviously struggled a little bit against uh, South Africa when he came on, but as a lot of hookers do. And I was put Rufus McLean on there as well because I thought he was uh, he was very good in the in the games he played. He was a bit unlucky against South Africa, but really really good for the future. Um, I struggled with most improved. Um, and I've gone with Jamie Hodgson because um, I've seen him play a little bit last season in Edinburgh and I wasn't a massive fan. I, was like, I thought he might, I thought he struggled uh, last season. But then this season he's come in, he's done really well. And obviously he got his Scotland caps and he, he came in, uh, he's came, coming off the bench quite a bit and doing a really good job and carrying well when he came on. So I've gone, gone for him for, for uh, most improved. And then worst player, I've gone. And it's more because of the standards he set previously, I think. And with being a lion, I just don't think he played that well in the um, in the Ottoman Nationals, even though he started every game. I thought Xander Fagerson, 
Um, so it's not like he was yeah. like horrendous in it or anything like that. I just think he's a he's a he's a he's a, obviously a really good player. That's why he's a lion. I just didn't think he played well at all, really, in, in any of the four games. Um, maybe he did all right against Australia, to be fair. But but other than that, I, I, I thought he was quite poor by his standards. So got I involved too much as well, didn't he? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And then, you know, well, it's like, yeah. it probably sounds like I'm slagging him off. I don't mean it, but probably just because I do think he's such a good player. I just don't think he performed to, to that level. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, I probably uh, I'll chuck another one in there just for it, but dropping Hamish like clown for one part was dropping Hamish Watson against South Africa. Like it's just stupid. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. Worst best decision. Worst decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, very honest. And the thing is that for me, I know you're the same as me, mate. This is like the best period of rugby for me. You get the all internationals, you're gonna have a bit of European games now. You know the derbies over Christmas. You get nation start best period now. It's class. Yeah, decent, isn't it? Decent. For Christmas, had a lot of time off, lots of beers. Not for you because you're going to be up all night with babies. Um, <laughs> and then you're, you're going to love going to Cardiff, aren't you? Be a respite. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'll be. I'll just, you'll be like we got. You'll be like you coming up for a beer. I'll be like, now, mate. Just, just go to sleep, mate. Just stay for a bit. Just, just stay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, cut, just cuddle me. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll, we'll finish off, obviously, the games this weekend. It's all about your episode. We've got the Champions Cup. Unfortunately, the Scarlet's Bristol game has been called off. Yeah. But you've got uh, Cardiff versus Toulouse, one o'clock on Saturday. Toulouse by 50. Yeah, Toulouse to win that, yeah. But I just hope Cardiff to, like, I just, you know... The circuit, listen, Toulouse would beat Cardiff anyway, I think. Well, I think, I know they would. But, um, you know, got all the respect, I think, of everyone because of the circuit. Then on the Sunday, you've got Ospreys versus Sale. Sale haven't been that great in the championship, but they are a very good team. Probably, I'd probably Sale. Sale that one. I'm going to go Ospreys. Oh, I like yeah. uh, La Rochelle versus Glasgow. Oh, La Rochelle, La Rochelle, yeah, a decent wedge. And then in the Challenge Cup on Saturday, you got Saracens versus Edinburgh. Saris, yeah, Saris, but Saris team turns up. You don't know who they're going to play, do you? What the boys like, yeah, I still have it. Saracens, chance for Edinburgh, though, wouldn't it? That'd be yeah, a good a bit, chance. Really a bit disappointed that Saracens are actually in it. Like they must have got in. I assume the winner of the champion of the championship gets straight into Europe, yeah. do they? I think basically because they're back in in the Premiership, you just go automatically into the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Perpignan versus Jack Perpignan. Even though Perpignan have been awful in the yeah. at home as well. Yeah. yeah. That is it. Um, so. Obviously, enjoy the weekend, the rugby this weekend. Eat, drink, be merry. Um, we'll see, if, see if the baby comes. See if the baby comes. Fingers crossed, mate. Let's have the baby coming soon. Okay. Baby come soon. Definitely So, obviously, because of... I don't want to call it situation. Because, obviously, what's happening in Mike's life. Uh, potentially, this is... Probably going to be the last pod. Because um, uh, Mike will be holding a baby rather than recording podcasts with me. We are going to try Probably. and meet up over Christmas, yeah. aren't we? So we're going to do one over Christmas, hopefully. Maybe after Boxing... Yeah, we'll be after Boxing Day. And then we can... That's when all the... So hopefully we'll try and get one done yeah. in the same room while I've... Be nice, been very yeah. nice. Yeah, so we'll see that. But if we can't do that, it will be it possibly will be. in the new year, won't it? We'll try and get one in if we can, but if not, it'll be in the new year, won't it? Yeah, yeah. And if we if we can't, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a fantastic new year, enjoy your holidays. I can't believe I just said that. Enjoy <laughs> your holidays, so gay. <laughs> so, so just... Right, anyway, so yeah, we'll get wrap it up. I've got work in the morning. <laughs> I have not early. had tomorrow. Happy days. Yeah. 
group. Enjoy your weekend. Watch all the rugby you can. I Just certainly am. Uh, Merry Christmas. Well, all right, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Boy. Boy. Boy.